Rivier is a Creole word that means to awaken. And here, we have a weekly discussion of the things that make us feel awake and alive. Because I enjoy hearing and telling stories. I think that communion and communication are of the utmost importance. And I believe that life and living are what we are here to do. So welcome and thank you for tuning in. content, consider becoming a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you will have access to my extra videos, guided meditations, and articles over at patreon.com slash You can drop a tip in the donation box at paypal.me slash Feel free to rate me on your podcasting platform, whether that is Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or any other platform where you are currently hearing the sound of my voice. And I thank you all who have ever supported by either sharing a link, reposting something off my social media, or telling a friend. The I Am Livie podcast is thankful for you and your support. Grand rising, grand rising, grand rising. I hope that all is well with everyone in the I Am Livie podcast family and beyond. We are going through a bit of a challenging time right now. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to absorb. And we have been taught as a society that when there's a lot going on, we should have a lot going on. Actually, we've been taught that we should just have a lot going on, period. We've been taught that we should be multitasking and doing and proving and achieving, quote unquote. The world has come in to tell us that that is not the case, that the real achievement comes in slowing down. The real achievement comes when we play, when we rest, when we take time to dive deep inwards. I read somewhere once that when we come into this earth, when we are born, we are born with all seven chakras open. And as we get older and older, each chakra closes so that by the time we hit about teenage age, we are operating from the root chakra, which makes a lot of sense when you think about the purity of a child, the purity of a baby coming into this realm from another realm untainted. And the more that we taint them, the more we close them off from the possibility. I guess I'm a little bit in my feeling these days. Yesterday was a new moon in sidereal Pisces. Pisces is a water sign. We're talking emotions. We're also talking intuition. Pisces is responsive, sentimental, sympathetic, unselfish, psychic, vague and escapist, shifting. And so I found myself yesterday doing a whole lot of journaling. Mercury re retrograde shadow just ended. And so 
communication and thinking is a little bit clearer. I just kept jotting down different snippets in my notebook yesterday. That was kind of where my mind was. And one thought that I jotted down that I'd like to share. Parents believe that they decide what their children's gifts are, what is valid and worth paying attention to, and elevating. That isn't the case, but they discard what they find not to be useful. I still chastise myself for things that should be recognized as gifts. I still scold myself. I still worry about so many things about myself, but at least now I recognize when it happens and I am able to try to transmute the pattern, change the negative energy when and where it arises. Parents, adults living in their worry and fear are harsh to their children. That sparked off so much in me. I was just swirling in so many different thoughts yesterday. And it's difficult when as an adult, you are still dealing with the patterns that were instilled with you within you as a child. The patterns that were instilled in me as a child are unconscious patterns. They are the patterns that I immediately go to no matter the situation if I don't stop to think and put thought to the situation. And so I have found that my spiritual journey has been a lot about stopping and thinking before I act, stopping and thinking before I speak, gathering all the parts of myself together so that we can all answer whatever question is being asked as a collective. Because as a child, we were fragmented. Really where I began to contemplate, meditate, think was about obligation and how much I don't like obligation. So then I start going down the rabbit hole. Before we go any deeper, obligation is the condition of being morally or legally bound to do something. So I hate that. I really, really hate that. And I've contemplated friendships that I've had in the past where people have done things for me, but the friendship became somehow tainted because the person that did those things for me now operated in a sense of obligation as if I owed them something, which I hate. And I try my best, I'm not always successful, but I try my best to operate in a paradigm of if I do something for someone, I need to be able to do it free and clear. I need to be able to do it not expecting something in return, which is why as I've gotten older, I say no a lot more because when I stop to think about what is being asked of me, I need to be able to honestly answer and honestly know whether or not I can do this thing and not feel like the person is obligated to do something for me in return. You would be surprised how many people believe that obligation attaches to their action. They believe themselves to be some sort of a Mother Teresa aspect, but underneath the folds of that, there is obligation, there is heaviness and weight. And I divorce myself from those types of people. I can't take that kind of energy because one thing that was never quite taken out of me from my existence on this earth 
is my urge and desire to be free. I am someone that wants to be free. I am someone that does not want to be told what to do. I don't like it. When you come up to me and tell me what to do or tell me that something needs to be done, I have a problem. I don't give a fuck if it's actually the truth. I just don't need you to fucking tell me. Nine times out of 10, I already know what needs to be done, but I don't need you to tell me what needs to be done. I got this. I got this whole thing. And I was a child, was a teenager, am an adult that feels that very strongly. And so if I feel a tinge of someone trying to put obligation or possession upon me, I'm immediately resentful. But it has taken me this time that I have taken out to examine my life to understand that that's where my resentment come, came from. And a lot of times I would feel this resentment and also feel like I was silly or frivolous or somehow deficient because I had this feeling, because I never followed the thread to where it was all coming from. It is all layered, right? So everything goes back to this idea of possession. Possession, I think, in our current society is the root of 99.9% .9 of the problems that we have. The joy is in the experience. That's where it all begins. The experience of something, the experience of someone is the joyful part. And somehow we have widened the definition of the experience into possessing the experience. The joy that we felt in having the experience made us as a society think that possession is important. Not realizing, right, how possession alters a thing. That is why you will find rich and affluent people buying things, buying possessions, buying, buying, buying. That is why you have the phenomenon of people in the United States who are really so very privileged and have so much, but are so very unhappy, they have an overabundance of possessions. And once you possess the thing, it almost becomes meaningless. But we have a hard time divorcing ourselves from this idea of possession. We're born into this society where accumulation and ownership of things and people, and people, let's not get that twisted, is supposed to provide joy and validation and value and indication of a person's worth. And me as a child, me as a teenager, me as an adult, wanting to be free automatically placed myself into a position of being in opposition with those around me. And I almost became offensive to them. And as a child especially, the adults around me didn't really give too much of a fuck that I did not want to be possessed, right? They went ahead and claimed ownership and possession of me anyway, because that's the way the society is built. You are such and such as child. But also, when claiming possession of a person, it becomes a lot more complicated because people cannot be possessed. But when you possess someone, then you put your idea of who they are onto them and you try to make them carry that obligation, carry that definition, 
that you have in your head. And if they go outside of that definition that you've put upon them, then there's anger, then there's resentment, then there's friction. When really, you shouldn't have been been trying to possess them in the first place. That wasn't your place and that was not your job. So now we're in the society where this has built into a problem. You have people that have addictions in possessing things, in possessing objects, moving to the suburbs in the South where people, where the cost of living is a lot lower and people have these overwhelmingly huge homes full of possessions, garages full of things that they do not use pantries full of food that they do not eat and they spend every single weekend going out and buying more this is an addiction because there's an emptiness where does the emptiness come from because they believed that the possession would give them joy and the possession did not and so they go out and continue to purchase and possess and the emptiness builds up i remember i used to have a mini addiction to a show called Hoarders. It's on A&E. And this show, if you haven't seen it before, a lot of people have seen it, is, I mean, it will throw you for a loop. These people are so addicted to possessions that some of them buy second homes to keep all of these possessions. And they have psychologists and psychiatrists come in and they have organizers come in and people from the junk place come in and clear their homes and there's a commonality with these people number one the possessions are not well kept these people usually have rodents and mice and other insects living within the home because the possessions are in such abundance that they lack the ability to be able to take care of them number two Taking away those possessions ignites a huge series of issues that need to be dealt with. Trauma is unearthed and it becomes a real issue. That's why you can't really rip possessions away from someone else because they have a lot of mental stuff wrapped up in those possessions. And so the idea of possessing a person becomes even more problematic and we are living in a society that is still living in the after effects and the generational stuff from chattel slavery where people actually believed that they are able to possess another person this is madness yet parents still move forward and believe that they can possess a child they believe that they can tell that child what that child is supposed to be. And that ignites all kinds of issues. Going back to what I was saying before, I was a child, am a person who wants to be free, who wants to experience, who wants to be. I don't have a problem with movement. And a lot of people that I know don't understand that, especially at the age that I am. People put down roots and stay there permanently. They purchase homes and they live in that home. And they might take in a vacation every now and then, although I know a lot of people who don't even take vacations, which is madness to me. They may take in a vacation every now and then, but they are rooted to that home. And I always seem strange because 
it is very easy for me to pick up and go. I grew up that way. I traveled the world as a child with my family. My father had us all over the place globally. And that is why I speak four language. That is why I'm able to easily code switch and understand different cultures and different peoples. And as an adult, I don't have roots in the way that other people have roots. My roots are to myself and they always have been. So I'm able to easily pack up my bags and go. Even living in New York for 20 years, I didn't just live in one place in New York. When I first moved to New York, I lived in Fort Greene. Then I moved into Bedford-Stuyvesant. I lived in Bedford-Stuyvesant for four to five years. Then I actually moved to Florida. Then I moved back to New York. I was living in Bushwick, which is Northern Brooklyn. Then I moved to Crown Heights off of Utica Avenue. Then I moved to Flatbush off of Avenue D. And before we get it twisted, because I know everybody from New York is probably thinking, oh, that's all Brooklyn. I've lived in Queens. I have lived in New Jersey. I am from Long Island. Like, listen, <laughs> I have moved around even when I put down roots in one place. I don't think it's a big deal to pick up and go when you feel the need to go. And then I picked up everything and I moved to Texas. And I have no problem doing that. I have no problem picking up because I know that my life is about experience. I know that I am a nomad and I have a nomadic experience. As a child, I moved around a lot. I have always been able to experience a new experience and learn what I needed to learn from that. And so the idea of someone possessing me not only is an impossibility, but it makes me angry. The idea of someone putting their idea of who I am on me makes me angry. It makes me upset. Now, when you put your idea of possession on a child, it's nuanced and it's layered because the child, as I have said many times on this podcast before, needs you for survival. So the child can come to believe that that possession is actually real. Part of me, not all of me, but part of me did come to believe that that possession was actually real. And coming into early adulthood, I found myself in a spiral of trying to please adults around me, trying to make them quote unquote proud because I felt like that was my duty because part of me believed that idea of possession and I resented it because all I ever wanted was to be free and it took me a very long time to understand in every cell and molecule of my body that no one can possess me without my permission and even me giving permission for someone else to possess me is a tenuous link Possession, the state of having, owning, or controlling something. The definition says something, and we have managed to transfer that to a person. I look at relationships, and I think part of the reason why I have stayed single for so long is because so many people operate in this paradigm of relationship possession, and I find that to be abhorrent. It disgusts me. It 
repels me. That's the word I was looking for. It repels me to think that someone could believe that they could possess me, that someone believes that that is how we should be operating in an idea of possession. Now, I do understand the ideas of stability and security and assurance, and my chart ruler is Mercury, so I definitely understand the idea of communication. So I more believe that we need to communicate with one another in a clear manner in order that we understand how we are operating. So it's not so much the idea of possession, right? If I have a partner and me and my partner have made a decision to work and walk whatever next segment or portion of life together, that does not indicate that we possess one another. That is an impossible idea. You cannot possess another human. You simply cannot. It is an illusion. It is Neptune working over your mind and your psyche and your sight. It is not reality. And this builds up more unhappiness in us, right? Because we spend all of this time chasing this illusion where we would be much happier if we understood that we cannot possess each other. We can just agree to walk together. And in that agreement, the most important thing is communication. I've always been fascinated by the idea of polyamory. Now, in all of this idea and freedom, I don't want anybody to get this twisted. I do like the idea of monogamy. I am not someone who ascribes, at least not in this iteration at this point in my life, I do not ascribe to being polyamorous or polyamory. But I do find the idea of it interesting. I have studied it and I have looked at it. And the thing I think that fascinates me the most is that people who talk about being polyamorous talk about communication and reaffirmation. People who talk about being polyamorous talk about it being a daily thing to reaffirm the person that they are with to reaffirm their desire to explore life further with that person. Don't you think life would be a lot easier if we were reaffirming that every single day? If we were communicating that every single day or every single week or however often? You wouldn't have all of these cycles of divorce and resentment and trauma and then having to go to therapy to work through that trauma if every single day you were speaking to your spouse you were having that dialogue of okay today i decide i still want to walk this this journey with you and it is not a question of unspeakable joy in every moment it is a question of want and desire it is a question of okay so today I'm having a crappy day but I see the merit in walking with you still so I still want to walk with you and then understanding that okay today I may not be in that mental space of wanting to walk with you but I'm being honest with you and today I may need to be left alone or today, whatever. And if enough of those types of days accumulate themselves, then you're in a, in a place of no longer wanting to walk with that person. And yes, it hurts, but it hurts way less than feeling an obligation to walk continuously with someone that you decided years ago you didn't want to walk with, but you're walking with because you feel like society says that you have to walk with that person because you promised 10 years ago that you would. To me, 
to me, this makes more sense, but it makes it very difficult for me to have relationships because I'm surrounded by people who have bought into this paradigm of ownership of another person, who think that ownership of another person is somehow beautiful. Yes, I believe in security, but you can communicate that security to me. I don't need to own you because I'm confident enough in myself, in the security that I provide. And I know that in reality, in this life, the only person that I am assured that I will be with until the day that I die is myself. That is the only person that I can always be sure of because that's the only person that I have been given to possess. I have been given myself to possess from the time that I entered upon this earth. That is the only person, not my parents, not my caregivers, not the adults around me, not my cousins, not my siblings, not anyone else, just myself. And I have been very clear with myself on that lesson. And so I walk this life that way always. And it makes it very difficult to communicate with others because they do not understand that. Because moving in their fear and constant worry, they feel as if control and possession of another will give them assurance. But then unhappiness is building up inside of them because something in them knows and realizes that they're not really possessing that person because that's an impossibility. So got a little deep there, y'all. Sorry about that. Those are the things that were on my mind yesterday during this new moon in Pisces. <sighs> Not sure how to proceed in terms of a message. I don't really have one. I know that I will continue to proceed in the way that I have been. I know that my walk has been reaffirming the person that I am and understanding that mistakes that I've made for me have mostly come from either a lack of understanding or a lack of communication, not communicating immediately when I needed to and just putting things on the table and putting things out there, closing myself off because of hurts that developed because of a lack of communication. And so it has been an opening of self, an opening of the lines of communication with myself and with the world around me an elevating of my vibration and elevation into understanding and love and compassion. And so I share that with you. As always, I wish you calm. I wish you peace. I wish you introspection at this time. I hope that all of us can come out of this time of growth in a better position than what we came in it with. Do not forget when things get chaotic, focus in on your breath and all will be well. I wish you a good day. so much for tuning into this episode of the I Am Livia podcast. You can find me under the name I Am Livia on IG, Twitter, or at my website, IamLivia.com. You can email me at awake at IamLivia.com, or you can become a supporter. Join my Patreon at Patreon.com slash IamLivia. 
on my show page at anchor.fm slash IamWeiwiye. Or you can drop a tip in the tip jar at paypal.me slash IamWeiwiye. There's even an Amazon wish list if you go to IamWeiwiye.com. Remember, this gift of life has been given in order to really live it. Go out today and do something that makes you feel awake and alive. Thank you.